Now, I love the words of that song, and maybe you didn't listen to them because I leaned over to Sue. I was like, oh, isn't this song perfect? She's like, oh, I'm not even listening to the song. She was so caught up in the uh, images, and, and which you probably should have been as well. But love is here. Love is here. And love is now. I, I, just, I, I love that because that's what this baptism is about. It's about the love of God and that it's here. Do you guys know it's like here right now even? Right this morning? Uh, so one of the coolest things about God is, you know, it's just a crazy day. I don't know what your morning was like. You got up and you're just here at church, you know, doing your thing. And, and the love of God is here right now. And what I love about the glory of baptism, you guys, is baptism shows us that everything can change. Everything changes with baptism. Everything is different now. The symbol of it is so great. It's, it's death, Right? That's what the Bible tells us in Romans 6. Don't you realize you've been baptized into his death? And so you kind of go down. That's a symbolism, symbolism of being buried. But if, if you've been baptized into his death, then you've also been baptized into his resurrection because Jesus Christ rose from the dead. And the symbolism of you aren't dead anymore. You are alive. It's, everything is new. Everything is completely changed when Jesus Christ comes into your life. It's a cleansing. Again, the symbolism of going down into the water and being cleansed from all the stuff in your life. And then the, the, my, maybe the most beautiful thing to me is it's also immersion into Christ. It's actual going into Him. He says, don't you know that you were baptized into Christ? And when you do, everything changes. And so today, um, in fact, this whole series, what we've been called is Pray for a Change. And again, because all of us probably, most of us in here probably pray, but does change actually take place? And uh, today we're calling it Changing Places. And um, you have a chance to change your place. Wherever you are right now, even today could be a day, where you could change your place. And what God says is, if you're dead inside, if you're apart from me and you're dead, you can become alive. You could change that place. If once you were guilty of all of your sin and being condemned for it, then you can change your place and be completely pardoned and be free. If at one time you were far away from God, did you know that even today, if you're far away from God, you can change that place and you can be brought near. And this is what I'm seeing, and the Bible calls this, it's so intimate. And this is the part I'm hoping that we're getting through this whole series that knowing God is so intimate, he, the way the Bible describes it is you are in Christ and Christ is in you. I mean, that, it doesn't get more intimate than that. And so at one time you're far away from him. You might think about him or observe him or wonder about him and you can change that place and become intimate and in him. So have you ever wanted to change the position you were in? Anybody been sick lately? Really, I feel like every time I, everybody I know is sick lately. You know, and when you're sick, don't you want to change that place? You know, we were just watching the old Bill Cosby, uh, you know, video where he talks about, you know, worshiping the porcelain God. You guys remember seeing that one? You ever worship the porcelain God and want to change your place? That, that position? You ever been in the doghouse? Any guys? You ever been in the doghouse? Like to change that place or that position? You ever been um, just guilty? You just, you've just, you ever been just caught? Um, back in Michigan, we have these things called uh, Michigan lefts. 
Um, and so, so, did somebody just chuckle? Yeah, okay, you've been there. It's, it's really interesting. In Michigan, if you want to take a left-hand turn, you don't sit at the light and get the green arrow and turn left. You have to go through the intersection, and then you get in a little bio, and then you come back around this way, and then you go right to make a left. You know, it's Michigan. I don't know. So uh, one day, I, I came around like this, and I, you know, I did it, and I, I sat there, and I looked, and nobody was coming, and so I pulled out, and I came up to the intersection, and the cop pulls up behind me, turns on his lights, and, uh, and, you know, and I, I'm like, what's the matter, officer? And he goes, well, you just uh, ran that red light back there. And I said, well, no, it's a Michigan left. You can come around. He said, yes, but between three and five. <laughs> and little did I know that when you went like this and then you turned like this to wait, there was this little sign across the road that said, between three and five, no turning on red. And I'm like, are you kidding me? And I, I mean, I was, I was much more gentle because you got to, you know, <laughs> manipulate them. And so... <laughs> I, I sat there and I said, well, but sir, I said, you know, I mean, if you watch, I s- totally stopped. I looked both ways. There was no one coming. I wasn't being reckless. And he didn't give a rip. I don't know. He just went ahead and gave me the ticket. And I'm so not fight the ticket guy. That's just not me. But I was going to fight this one. I was going to justify the fact that I was not in the wrong, right? So I get in there. And I, you guys ever tried to fight a traffic ticket? Is that hilarious? I mean, I sat in there, and minute by minute, I realized, I don't have a chance in double-H hockey stick, you know? I, I mean, I just sat there, and every person that got up, this guy just told... And there were some people who were running red lights and stuff, and, you know, he just gave these gruesome details of what happens and why. And I'm just sitting there, I said, yeah, but I didn't do that. And so I get up there, and I share my story, and I shared how I stopped, and I looked, and, I, and how was I supposed to know it was between three and five, you know? Come on, give me a break. And the guy just looked at me and he said, yeah, but that's the law, sir. And so you'll be paying your fine. And he just sent me off. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I mean, there was no grace. There was no mercy whatsoever because I was in the wrong. How are you doing with God? You ever got to try to justify yourself with God? Okay, come on, God. Give me a break. How, how are you doing with him? And, and I want to think really specifically, how are you doing with him? Do you feel really close and intimate to God today? Are you sensing his pleasure? Is his presence with you? And his presence is peace and joy and confidence and and truth. It's freedom. It's power. Do you feel that? Or do you feel okay with God? Kind of just nominal. You know? Kind of, you know, I mean, it's just on a plane right now. You know, I know I'm a Christian or I know I'm doing okay, but um, it's just not great. Uh, do you feel far away from God right now? Do you feel like he's just a million miles away? And even worse than that, do you feel at odds with God? <laughs> Some of you might feel that, that he's not just far away, but we're actually at odds here right now today. Well, I want to tell you, God's desire for you today, no matter where you're at on that scale, is intimacy. God's desire for every single one of us is closeness, and that's what baptism is. He goes, I want you to understand Again, what we always try to explain is kind of even this picture of a piece of white cloth that goes into a red dye that's baptizing it. And when you pull it out, the dye goes into every fiber of that cloth and it comes out and it's completely different. That's what Jesus is saying. That's what God has revealed to us. I want to be that close to you. I want to walk with you in that way. I want to be in every one of your relationships, every one of your struggles, every one of your decisions. I want to be in your joys. I want to give you them. I want to be in everything. And man, I want to tell you guys, like especially right now, um, with what's going on in our world, 
You know, you look at our economy, and I know that as, as someone shared with me this week, there's not one of us who's sitting here, right, who's not being affected by this. Either it's you personally or it's someone who you know. Is this not a time when we need God close? I need his perspective. I need his wisdom. I need his peace. I need his help. I need his provision. I need him in every fiber of my being right now. And so you guys, that's why we're doing this whole series because prayer is a huge component for us to make this intimacy a reality. And so Jesus, disciples, they watch Jesus and they're like, okay, nobody has walked more intimately with the Father than Jesus. And so what they said is, man, would you teach us how to pray? Would you help us to know how to do that? And then in, in Jesus said, yeah, I would, I would love to help. Of course, that's why I'm here. I want you guys to know that. And so he said then, one of the things Jesus also told us, unless you come like little children, um, you just you aren't never going to get this. You guys ever, you, anybody, you know, like we have little kids. Do you guys not love little kids' prayers? I mean, I just, I love him so much. And, and Caleb's four now, right? And so he's just, he doesn't know what he's praying at all. But I love it because most of the time now he's listening to his sisters and, his, and us. And he'll sit there and he'll do that. He goes, Jesus, thank you for uh, loving us. And God, thank you for um, give us a new heart. And thank you for Jesus die on the cross for our sin. And I'm like, Really? I mean, hey, are you kidding me? So last night we were praying, and the relatives are here, and Jude is just one of his best buddies. So I said, hey, why don't we pray for Jude tonight? And he goes, okay, and thank you that, that Jews had video games. And, <laughs> and then he, he looks down, we're laying on the bed, and, he, and he's like this, and he looks up at me, and he goes, really, Dad, you had two video games. You know, I mean, I, I, I just love it. Do we have this, these, uh, these kid prayers on here, Amy? I forgot to ask you. Why? Look, look at some of these, these prayers of kids together. Dear God, maybe Cain and Abel would not kill each so much if they had their own rooms. It works with my brother. Uh, we read those Edison made, with the made light, but in Sunday school, they said you did it. So I bet he stole your idea. <laughs> Dear God, if you catch in church on Sunday, I will show you my new shoes. Oh, yeah, that too. Next. Oh, is that it? Oh, is that the only one? Oh, man. All right, sorry. You might want to come back second service because there's more <laughs> that I think are really, really funny, and I'm going to pull them out next service. Okay, so anyway, but I, I just, I think that one of the things that's so cool about children is they just lay it all out there. They really do. And I think that's what Jesus is trying to help us understand. So when you pray, yeah, I'll teach you how to pray. Pray like this. Our Father, again, remember this. This, your God is not distant and doesn't care. It's intimate. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You are so different. Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, I want, to, I want your stuff done, not mine. And I, conf- I, just, I got a lot of ideas, but I like yours better. Please make yours happen. And then last week, would you provide our daily bread? Give us this day our daily bread. And then today, Jesus tells us to pray. And would you forgive us our debts as we forgive those? our debtors, or forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. In other words, I want to change my place. God, I I think Jesus was helping us to say, hey, listen, one of the things you're going to have to do is you're going to have to go before your Father, and you're going to have to say, please forgive me. Forgive me of my debts, and forgive as I forgive those who have debts to me. 
And I think what Jesus is saying is like, you have a chance to change your place, your status, and your position. You might want to, as, as, you know, I want to come home, God. I just, I want to come back. I feel far apart from you, and I want to be back in the intimacy thing. Please forgive me. There's five words in the New Testament for sin, and I'm not trying to show off any Greek or anything like this, but, uh, but there's five different words that the Bible will use. One is hamartia, which is the, most, the basic one, and it's an archery term, and every time the archer would pull back his bow and shoot for the bullseye and he'd miss it, they'd go, hamartia. And, that just meant, and so they took that as, well, that works. That's what sin is. Sin is, here's the standard, here's the bullseye, and every time you miss it, you, you just do it. You fall short of the standard. In fact, one guy I read said most of the time it's like when people tried to shoot and it didn't quite get there, <laughs> you know. And some people can shoot farther than others, but nobody actually makes it. Another uh, Greek word for sin is parabasis, and it just means to step across the line. In other words, okay, here's, here's God's stuff, and over on this side is not God's stuff. And when we step across the line and we get into the stuff that's not of God, it's called sin. Another word is paraptoma, which means that's where you hear trespass. You've heard that probably before. It just means to slip and fall. It means it's supposed to be a walk with God, and sometimes we boom, and we just find ourselves in the mud, right? And we wish we weren't laying in the gutter. The fourth one is anomia, and this is the tough one. This is called, it's, it means to be lawless. And that means you don't give a rip. It means absolute open rebellion against God. You don't care what he says. You don't have any interest in him. You're just going to do your own thing. And then we have the one we're going to look at today, and it's ophelia, which is, means it's a debt. It's a debt. So apparently, that when we sin, what happens is there's a consequence, and there's something that we owe God. And so Jesus said, one of the things you're going to have to see is when you get this big debt, you're going to want to pray, please forgive my debt. Okay? Now, uh, question, anybody got any debt? Okay, wow, we're Americans. All right, good. You know, it's so, it's so wild because, man, when you have debt... And all of a sudden, it starts weighing over you. Is that not a crushing blow? You know, it is, right? Finances, it's one of the reasons why finances tear apart our marriages and our relationships because it stresses us out and we don't like how each other are handling it and all that kind of stuff. So, so we know what debt is. It's, it's not a fun thing to be in. Has anybody here ever had their debt canceled? Just wiped out? Okay, two of you. Three? Four? Do I hear five? No, okay. Okay, some of you have had your... I mean, that's, that's amazing. Now, I love that. You know, I mean, Susan and I, would even yesterday, we're looking at our debt, and we're nailing this thing. We're going to get rid of it, but we're working hard, right? How many of you are working hard to get out of debt? You know, and sacrificing, no more fun, no more dinners out. We're going to get, you know, for some of you to say, someone go, debt canceled? Sweet. That's amazing. Now, I'm going to read you a story today, but I want to pray first. And I want you to pray. Because some of you in here right now um, are so burdened today by your debt. You are so living a life that you don't want to live. And you even think about getting close to God and it freaks you out because you know he should, bam, he should just, ooh, he's just ready, the holy justice God, to just punish you. And you are very burdened and you are so not free today. We need to pray for you. And I want you to pray today. I'm telling you, you can walk out of here free today. Now, there's some of you who are sitting here today, and actually, you think you're totally cool. You don't have really a whole lot of burden at all about sin. It's, it's just, at this point right now, you, you feel like you're a good person, and, um, and sin isn't, it just isn't bothering you at all. And um, I think in this story, 
Because one of the things I just want, I would like to ask you to consider opening your heart to what Jesus says. Because I'm not going to share my opinion. I'm just going to share a story that he shared with you. And if you're kind of sitting there and, you know, you know you're doing stuff that God doesn't want you to do, but it's not that big of a deal. I'd really love for you, just would you at least maybe consider what Jesus Christ um, has to say today? And then the third group is some of you are so not free today, and it's not even between you and God, it's between you and another person. And um, you have not been able to forgive somebody. And you're, you, you're holding a grudge against somebody. And um, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And what you need to pray for today is to say, okay, God, I'm telling, I am so hurt and I'm so angry. I can't do this, but it's killing me. I know I'm trying to kill the other person, but it's killing me. And I need to be free today. And so we need to pray right now for all three of us. Because I can tell you this, I've been in every boat. I have beat myself to a pulp over my sin. I've sinned willfully and not felt very bad about it. And I've held things against others that has sapped the life out of me. And none of those are God's will. So let's pray. Father, you know every heart in this room. And you love every heart in this room. God, for every person who is so burdened by their sin, for every person who's just being torn up inside and they're not experiencing the life that you have for them, I pray for them today. And I would ask that you would help them to know how they can be free. Lord, for every person who's here today who is not walking with you and fine with that, I I pray that you might just reveal to them your heart of compassion and your deep, deep desire to be intimate with them and why it's not okay for you to be a part. And then, Lord, for everybody who's holding a grudge and who's angry at another and who can't release them today, I am asking for your grace to empower us to let people go. And I pray for it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, here we go. We're going to look at Matthew chapter 18, uh, starting with verse 21. So if you have your Bible, you can open it up, or the verse will be up here on your screen. Peter came to Jesus, and he asked him, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to seven times? I mean, come on. And Jesus answered, I tell you not seven times, but 70 times seven. And, 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 you know, we've joked around here. It's like, okay, so 490... Right? Uh, I got, you know, check this out. No, I take this for what it's worth because it, it's the internet, but I, I googled for forgiveness quotes. And I found one by Hillary Clinton. And uh, it said, in the Bible, it says, they asked Jesus how many times you should forgive. And he says, 70 times 7. Well, I want you all to know that I'm keeping a chart. <laughs> and I just thought, you know, as I'm going to get here, I'm like, that's, that's great. Good. You know, I hope God doesn't keeping a chart. So anyway, so here's Jesus. And basically, he's not saying count up to 490. What he's saying is what? He's saying, keep doing it. Just keep doing it. Then in verse uh, 23, he starts the story, and he says, Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And as he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. And since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold. How do you like that? You, your wife, your children, and everything you got sold to repay the debt. And the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. 
And the servant's master took pity on him, and he canceled the debt, and he let him go. Let me explain a couple things really important here. Our Father in heaven, forgive my debts. Forgive me of my debts. 10,000 talents. Anybody know what that is? I didn't know what that was until I studied it this week. You know what 10,000 talents? He owed him 10,000 talents. One talent was worth 6,000 days of work. One. One talent, to pay back one talent, you'd have to work 6,000 full days. That's 19 years working six days a week all day long, right? He didn't owe one. He owed how many? 10,000. That was 60 million days worth of wages, <laughs> is what this guy owed. See, you think, you see, you know, for us, I'd be sitting there going, oh, six, oh that's not many, 10,000 talents. No, that was like billions of dollars. So Jesus is trying to get a point across here, right? In other words, it ain't gonna happen. You owe me $600 million or days of work, and that isn't gonna happen. So that's why I go back to, uh, like to, to Hillary's deal, and I go, so really, you want to keep a chart? Do you want God to keep a chart on you? You want God to go, hey, because apparently he does, and I, it would probably be around $600 million, wouldn't it? If we actually thought of everything we ever do that's wrong. So basically, I think what Jesus is trying to help us to see here is you're, we're not doing so well. Compared to God, there is the standard that he holds, and it's called Perfection. It's holiness. God in his nature is absolute perfection. And if you think about it, you don't want him to be anything but. If God could like, oops, slip there. I don't know if I want to trust him. Are you going to slip again? You just, God has to be holy and perfect. And he is in his nature. And what he says is, I can have absolutely nothing to do with sin. Nothing. And so every time you and I have a thought, an attitude, an action that is apart from the ways of God, it's just another notch. And that's why literally it'd be like, I mean, it would just, it would just go nuts to us. And then what the story tells us is what we do is we earn something when we do something against God. There is a price that has to be paid for our sin. And, and so that's why for some of you, who might sit here and think, you know what? Um, I think I'm good with God. I think what Jesus, now again, what we have to say, is Jesus God in the flesh? And we have other messages on that. You can look up and re- listen to those again, if he is or not. But if he is, then what he's trying to help us to see is the truth here. And what Jesus is trying to help us to see is, listen, you guys, got to let you know something. You owe a debt, and it's huge. It is huge. In fact, there's really no way that you're going to pay it back. And I love, because that's what the guy says. Did you, did you, if you remember, in verse 26, after he goes, he falls on his knees before him, and he said, be patient with me, beg, and I will pay back everything. <laughs> see, and again, Jesus was using a story. You can see people just kind of chuckling and go, who is this fool? Think that he can actually pay back 600 million days worth of wages. There's no way he's going to be able to do that. I think what Jesus was trying to help us to see was, not in this lifetime you won't. Not in this lifetime. You guys, you and I have assumed, have accumulated, excuse me, we have accumulated such a massive debt that there is no way you will ever pay it in this lifetime. 
And you can try to be good enough and try to get on good side. And he's just going to go, I think what the whole scripture is saying, it's just not going to happen. So you guys, when we pray, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And then we get to this, please forgive my debts. See, this isn't a prayer that says, because I'm going I'm to do better. You know, I'm, I'm going to do it, God. I, I, I'll earn your favor. No, this is a prayer for absolute mercy. <laughs> this is a prayer like this guy, falling on your knees and not saying, listen, really, I'll pay it back. No, it's falling on your knees and saying, God, I know I'll never pay back. I have so lived in opposition to you all of my life. It's a prayer for mercy. And here's the cool thing of the story. When the guy got on his knees to the king, what did the king do? He had pity on him, and he canceled his debt. One of our debts at Susan and I, we got like $792 on one thing that we got to get rid of, you know? And stuff's coming in. You know, $792? You know, I'm like, cool, we can work that out. If I had a million-dollar debt, I'm a pastor, guys, right? That ain't happening. There is no way I'm ever paying that back. If somebody wrote me a check today for $792, I'd be like, wow, thank you. I mean, I would. I'd be very grateful. If somebody wrote me a check for a million dollars, how do you respond? If that was your debt, and all of a sudden it's totally canceled, this guy's was 600 million days worth of wages. And the king said, free. Holy crow. How do you respond? Yeah, like that. Now, I'm just kidding. You would just go, you would go nuts. So here's the question. Jesus is trying to help us to see that God has canceling the debt. How? How does God cancel the debt? Okay. Put this verse up there. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 6. So we praise God. We're going to worship him at the end of the day. We're going to have a chance to sing. And you praise God for the wonderful kindness that he has poured out on us because we belong to his dearly loved son. He is so rich in kindness that he purchased our freedom through the blood of his son and our sins are forgiven. I'm just going to let you just sit with that one. Read that again. Forgive us our debts. God, forgive my debt. Please forgive my debt. I don't love you with all my heart. I don't follow your ways. I do my own thing most of the time. I'm self-centered, I'm angry, I'm bitter, whatever, you name it, you know your stuff, and you accumulate it every single day. How big is your debt to God? Our Father who art in heaven, please forgive our debts. See, I can, we just wipe right through that prayer. How expensive was your debt? Because here's what happened. God purchased it. He paid it. You know what 10,000 talents is to God? 
You know what 600 million days of wages is to God? You know what it is? It's your life. The Bible tells us that the wages for sin, what we earn for our sin is death. That's the price. That's our debt. The actual payment for our sin is separation from God, and that is death. And God says, so here's the choice. You can pay that debt, or you can let me purchase it from you. This is not my idea. It's not my opinion. It's just what Jesus Christ has taught, and through his word for 2,000 years, God has been helping you to see, I want you to know how much I love you. That even though you don't love me, I will purchase your debt. And I will completely set you free. You guys, our sin is a big deal. Colossians 1.22 says this, but now he has reconciled you, brought you back, right? reconciled you to God, by, he's reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death. That would be Christ on the cross. That's how he did it. To present you holy in his sight, without blemish, and free from accusation. This is ridiculous. See, you guys, when I pray to God, and I haven't done so well the day before, the night before, five minutes ago, one of the things that I always do when I confess and I say, please forgive me of my debts, one of the things I always do is this verse right here. This is one of those you might want to memorize because I'll just sit there and I have to go, wait a second, Jesus, you paid my debt. I don't have to pay it. It's already been paid. It is finished. You did it. I am seen without blemish and without accusation. And that is a joke because there's lots of blemish and there's lots of reason for accusation. You guys, this is the greatest news in all the world that I don't have to pay my debt because somebody else did. And all of you five who rose your hand and said, I've had someone cancel my debt. You didn't have to do squat. Somebody else did it. It is a gift and you receive it and it's the greatest thing. No more debt to be paid. Can I just ask you, what do you want to do? Do you want to go through the rest of your life hoping that you've done enough to pay your debt to God when you get to heaven? You're going to stand before him and go, I I passed, didn't I? I got the D at least, didn't I? Or do you want him just to go, A, done, enjoy. (laughs) Go be free and live your life. No more debt to be paid, no blemish, no accusation, presented wholly in his sight and reconciled. You know what that means? You just change places. The Bible tells us once you were an object of God's wrath and now you're his dearly loved child. You just change places. Man, that is such good news. And that's what I live with every single day in the midst of my struggle. Man, I want to tell you, if you're carrying your burden of sin, you don't need to. So then the question is, well, then why do we pray this? Why do I need to pray, God, Lord, for, you know, Father, forgive me of my debts? Well, because anybody still sin? Any Christians out there ever mess up? Okay, you and me, Dan, thank you. All right, 1 John 1 Chapter 5 says, This is the message we've heard from him and declared to you, God is light, and in him there's no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and we do not live by the truth. See, so some of us will go, 
well, that's cool. God's just totally forgiven me, so I don't have to worry about it. So I can totally live in opposition to God and have God. And Jesus, and right here in the scriptures, it says, no, if we claim to have fellowship with God, and yet we walk in the darkness, you lie. In other words, but God's just trying to, can I, he's just trying to tell us something. Can I just tell you guys something? What I want more than anything else is to be with you. And I want to be in every fiber of your being. I want to help you through this economic crisis. I want to help you through your marital issues. I want to help you through your anxiety and your depression. I want to help you in everything that you've got. But I just got to let you know, if you think you can have fellowship with me and yet walk in ways that are opposite than me, it just I can't do that. <laughs> I'm light and in me there is no darkness at all. So that's why we need to pray every day. Because it goes on to say in verse 8, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Okay? So if there's any of you, again, so what the if you think, hey, I'm just good to go. Well, no. No, we're all messed up. But, verse 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and he will purify us from all unrighteousness. That's the other verse I know inside and out. That's the one I have to tell myself all the time. Because I'm telling you what, when you're a pastor and you really screw up, you want some condemnation? Oh, I've had plenty of it. I need to know that when I confess my sins to God, He is faithful and just to forgive me. Why? Because the debt's been paid. The check's already been written. There's no more penalty that needs to be paid. And so the reason, though, that we need to get it into the light is so that we can stop living the way that we were so that we can be in fellowship with God and have his peace and his power and his joy in all the life that he has for us. And that's why we got to do it every day. I'm telling you, a big part of my prayer, you guys, is to pray and, and is to have this part of confessing my sin to God. It's just, so if you, if, you, if you sit there and you go, well, I pray to God, my question is, do you ever actually sit then and think about the stuff in your life that's not in line with him? And do you get it out in the light? And have you, first of all, have you received Christ, first of all, so that your forgiveness is totally paid. Have you ever let him pay your debt? Or are you still trying to pay your own? And if you have let him pay your debt, do you on a regular basis just live in that reality? Can I just give you a couple of quick hints? Um, number one, do it quickly. I- I'm telling you, there's no question that when I really screw up, the first thing I want to do is what? You just want to beat yourself up. You scum, you loser, you, you know, and the accuser, the spiritual enemy is called an accuser. I'm telling you, if you've messed up, confess it quickly. <laughs> Just deal with it and get right before God and let it be known. Secondly, confess it specifically. I've shared this here before, but there was one time when I was praying, man, Lord, please forgive me for what I did on Friday night. And, I, and again, I know you guys, well, how does God speak to you? Well, here's how he speaks to you. When you're sitting there like that and all of a sudden he goes, well, what'd you do? And you're kind of going, well, you know. And I know inside of me, I know, but tell me. I don't want to tell you. Get it out. Battle, battle, battle. Eventually, okay. And I, I write my prayers out. And when I wrote out what I'd done on Friday, oh man, then the pen hit the floor. When you could tell God specifically what you did, his grace can specifically touch that very thing. If you just do forgive me of my sins, you know, eh. But man, when he touches you where you really screwed up, everything changes. The other one is confess it thoroughly. Some of you may need to do what I did, and I've shared this here before too. These were just significant moments in my life 
while I was in seminary one night, I was just burdened by my past. I lit a fire in the fireplace, and I sat there, and for the next three hours, I pictured everything that I could think of that I had done wrong to God. And I I pictured Jesus standing there with this huge door behind him, and I'd hand him my sin. As I confessed it specifically, I'd hand it to him, and then he'd take it, open up this door, you know, throw it in, he'd look at me and go, done, next. And I just, I gave him every single thing. You guys, you know what it was like to be done? Can't think of anything else. And he's like, okay, that's what I'm trying to get across to you. It's finished, man. Be free. So do it thoroughly. And then the struggle is to believe the gospel. Believe that it's really true. Is it really? Did he die? Did he for you? Are all of your sins forgiven? Yes. If you've received Christ, yes. He paid your debt. Let him pay it. He loves you and he wants to do it. And then enjoy it. And then the last one is sometimes you just got to confess it to somebody else. So, hey, thank you very much. We'll have the time up there. Let me just really quickly, because you guys, that is the key thing. If we're going to know God, and if we're going to have him personally in our lives, giving us the peace that we need and the power that we need, the hope that we need, the strength that we need, the perspective and wisdom that we need, then we cannot say, I've got him, and live in the dark. It's just not going to work. And maybe some of you today are saying, man, I am tired. I don't have any spiritual vitality. I just, what's going on? And it very well may be that you simply need to confess to God and remember that he has paid your debt. And for some of you, you need to let him pay it for the first time and just be free. I'm just going to touch on the second part of this. He said, forgive our debts as we forgive our debtors. You know, the other reason that we struggle here, because what this guy did in the story is he went out, he's totally forgiven 600 million days of wages. He goes out and finds a guy who owes him 100 days of wages. And he demands it from him. The guy says, have pity on me, just like he did. What did the guy do? Throw that guy in jail. He had no pity on him. And what, 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 the, what Jesus goes on to say, he goes, can I just tell you something? If I have forgiven you everything, and you're going to hold a grudge over somebody else, can I just make it very clear? You and I will not be walking together. Now, you don't have to forgive someone to get into heaven. You don't have to forgive someone to be saved. But I'm telling you this, you do have to forgive people to walk with Jesus. Because if you want to hold, if you want to receive all of his grace on this side and then go, hey, um, Jesus, I'll be right back because I've got to take care of some business. And then get over here and go into judgment on this side and condemn somebody because of what they've done to you. Can I just tell you, when you walk over here, Jesus just stays over there. And he goes, okay, which, which, which room do you want to live in? you want a room in judgment or do you want to live over here in grace with me? And ah, the other reason I can tell you right now, if you don't feel free, or there's not joy and strength in your life, then it very well may be because you have a grudge that you're holding against somebody else and you cannot let them go. And he just says, I'm going to tell you right now, if that's how you're treating them, that's the way my father's going to treat you. So if you want to judge, then you're going to get judged. And if you want mercy, then you're going to get mercy. So where are you at today? So you guys see how this prayer is so important? 
man, forgive my debts. I have. Just come to me, tell me. Let me purify and cleanse you and move on. Okay, great. Now, as I forgive others, okay, but I can't do that. Okay, great. Well, just I'm here. I'll help you. Just remember how much I've forgiven you. 600 million wages. Not 100. 600 million. I tell you what, you guys. If we'll confess our sins, he will set us free and we will have fellowship with God. And if we'll forgive each other as he forgave us, we will have fellowship with God. And then we'll have everything we need. No matter what you're going through. So band, come on up. And here's what we're going to do. We are going to do communion right now. And uh, communion is really important. Jesus said, man, when you guys get together, you make sure that you remember me. And this is what he says in Matthew chapter 26, starting verse 26. He says, while they were eating, he's eating with his disciples. He says, Jesus took the bread and he gave thanks and he broke it. And then he gave it to his disciples and he said, take and eat. This is my body. So what he wants you and I to do, when you come up here and you rip off a piece of bread, Jesus says, I want you to remember that this is my body that was broken for you. In other words, I gave all of me for you. Take and eat. My life is in you. Take and eat it. And then he goes on to say this. And then he took the cup and he gave thanks and he offered to them and he said, drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Man, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ today and you've just been having fellowship with darkness, you haven't been walking in the light and you're just sensing God is not with me because he won't walk in your darkness. Did you know today you could just go, God, I confess to you my sin. And he'll go, I'm faithful and just. I'll forgive you. Come forward. Rip up my body because I broke it for you. Dip it in that, the, that, the blood of Christ. I shed that for you for the forgiveness of your sin. I paid your debt. Walk out of here free. Man, that's why we're doing this today. And, and can I just say again, if you're not... If you've never received Christ, then, it, then, then don't come forward and take communion because it, didn't, it wouldn't make sense because this is a celebration of what Christ has done for you. But would you want to come up here for the first time? Do you really want to try to pay the debt? Or do you want to receive the death that was paid on your behalf? And if you want to receive that today, you can. You can say, okay, Jesus, I'm done. I need you to pay it. And I want to receive your forgiveness right now because I want to be in fellowship with God. <laughs> I want everything you've got for me. And if you're willing to do that today, then come forward, man, and celebrate. And You know, Susan and I are over here, man. If you just, while we're all up, if you want to just pray with us, we do that. We'll do whatever, man. We just, this could be an incredible day of celebration. And then let's just worship him. As it said earlier, right? It said, praise God for his kindness his unbelievable kindness that he would purchase our sin and if he's bought your sin let's worship him and praise him today you guys ready for this let's celebrate the love of God that's beyond measure for you and for me and so you can just come up whenever you want guys will start leading us in worship you can come up whenever you want and just pull off that bread dip it in pray do whatever you need to do if you need to kneel down here 
right here before God and just say, man, I'm done. I confess this to you and I'm walking out of here clean today. You do what you need to do. Let's worship him together.